Hey everybody, this is Jason, and today it's my pleasure to welcome Colin Stedkey from Springfield Armory onto the show. Now, I've known Colin for a few years now, and it's really awesome that he made some time to get onto the show to talk about Springfield Armory and some things that even I didn't know about, about the way that they do things with their guns. Now, before we talk to Colin, it's time to pay the bills, and this episode is brought to you by you. You're the reason that I can continue to bring you content, but I need your help to continue that mission. And it's really awesome is it's not going to cost you a penny more than you would already spent. And sometimes I can save you money. That's right. Helping the channel could save you money. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about going to www.trb.fyi and then going up to partners and discounts up in the menu. Now you go there before you do your shopping. And then you'll see all the places that I've partnered with to help you bring content. Just click on the link there. It'll take you to the web page. And what will happen is when you make a purchase, a small percentage of your purchase will come back to the channel. So that way I can continue to bring you content. And that's the greatest part. It's not going to cost you a penny more. And there's places in there like Amazon and Brown Owls and all other kinds of places. The other thing is there's discount codes there. So check out the discount code that's right next to the link there. Click that link, go through, we go to checkout, use those discount codes and it'll save you a little bit of money. Because let's face it, we can all save a little bit of money in this economy. Now with the bills paid, let's talk to Colin. Colin, tell me about your love of guns. Yeah, so my name is Colin Stedke. Um, I'm a product manager over at Springfield Armory. I oversee all the tactical and defensive products, which include our Saint line, um, some of our, our Croatian um, uh, XD line, Hellcats, those sorts of things, the Hellion. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's what I do. All the fun stuff. All the fun stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Springfield Armory is, you know, it's like the iconic name in guns, right? I mean, it's like the, 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 the true American name. I mean, when I went out and bought an M1 Garand, uh, you know, way, way back when I actually bought that rifle, <laughs> it was like that had to be a Springfield. I mean, it just, it just had to be a Springfield. It couldn't be anybody else. Nothing else would do. Would you mind talking a little bit about Springfield? Yeah, we go back way uh, to the early history of the country, actually. We were uh, originally founded in 1794 um, as an armory that George Washington um, ordered to be put up in Springfield, Massachusetts. And uh, in, in, in Springfield, Massachusetts, we made um, muskets. We were an armory that, that held on to a lot of the, the, the weapons, and we did a lot of the, the testing. Uh, I say we, that was... <laughs> A few hundred years ago, but you get the point. You, you were personally doing that back then. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. You, you aged really well. Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So um, from there, it uh, it kind of um, diminished off and, and traded some hands uh, through World War II. And um, post-World War II was bought by uh, Denny and, and um, his brother, who are, and Denny's still the current owner. And we moved up to Geneseo, Illinois, where we're at currently. 
and uh, kind of they started doing some surplus things and um, selling surplus gun parts and, and parts from World War II. And then at that point, um, they kind of transitioned to developing new guns. And this was 1970s time frame. And from then on, it just kind of took off. And, uh, and here we are today, you know, as the, the Springfield kind of legacy brought into uh, the 21st century. <laughs> That's awesome. Because when I mean, you think about it, there's not too many names in anything that's that old yeah and uh it's just it's just awesome to hear especially you know in our industry because well i mean we're obviously gun people because we're on a gun podcast <laughs> so yeah. it, it's it's great to see that history just kind of continue um even after the government decided hey look we're gonna move on and then yep. someone picked the reins up and just run with it for sure yeah we're, we're the oldest manufacturer firearms manufacturer in the u.s which is uh Pretty cool. Pretty cool to be working for a company that that has that legacy. Yeah, you're kind of like, uh, like, I'll, I'll bring up a competitor's name. Like Beretta is to Italy, Springfield Armory is yeah. to the U.S. Yeah, it doesn't get much more American uh, as far as our roots Good and our history. Back. We were uh, making muskets that won the revolution. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, let's face it. There's not many people that can say that. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> sure. So, so I think now depending, the, I was saying the, uh, the um, facility is still there in Springfield, Massachusetts. So that, that's also something that's pretty interesting. I haven't personally been, but I'm hoping to go at some point. Um, so that is a historical site that you can visit um, in, in the Massachusetts area. Um, and then we just built a new facility here in Illinois. Um, so it's an awesome state-of-the-art facility. Got some really cool technology and we're moving all of our production and manufacturing over there. That's awesome. Because, I mean, you think about it, I mean, you just don't build a new factory, right? I mean, that takes that takes planning and obviously the company's got to be doing well to, you know, to just go yeah. out and do that type of investment. I mean, sure. I mean, we're not talking about going out and, you know, spend like 20 grand on a car. I mean, we're talking millions of dollars for one piece of equipment. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty yeah. eye opening um, when you get into it, uh, the cost of that stuff and the logistics that go into it. It's pretty cool. So now, depending on who you are, Springfield means something different to everybody, right? Um, if you're a rifle person, you think M1A, right? Yeah. If you're a pistol person, well, 1911, um, Hellcat, depending on where you grew up in pistols, depends on what product. Would you mind talking a little bit about the product line? Yeah, uh, I guess we'll start with the 1911s. That's kind of the, the iconic um you know, Springfield 1911, that's the gun that won World War II, you could say, or at least one of them. Um, so something time pretty, world, two time world champion. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> pretty, pretty cool. Um, and we, we still have some of the machines that we, uh, used back in World War II, which is pretty interesting. Um, so that's awesome. The, yeah. We've got some of the old lathes and some of the old, um, assembly machines and, and a lot of those get used by our custom shop on, on certain things, which is pretty neat. Um, that stuff just doesn't, doesn't wear out when it's, uh, you know, built, built like a tank in World War II of solid iron. So it's, uh, it's still running good. Um, but yeah, on the 1911s, we, uh, have a pretty good variety, uh, something we are pride ourselves on, which I didn't even know before I came here. Um, every single slide and frame is hand fitted and then marked to identify itself um, through the manufacturing process. 
So that, that's cool because I mean, I know from just building 1911s, that's an actual thing, right? I mean, yeah. 1911s, I mean, there are production 1911s that some companies make that they, they slap together and things, they work, but there's something different about a gun that's been hand fitted. Um, Cause you know, sure you have the specs, you know, you're going to cut the rails to this and that. there's something different when you actually, you'll build it rather than assemble. And that's basically what you're doing at that point. Um, hand fitting yeah. a slide is a very manual process. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that right there tells you a little bit about the quality of the gun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you go pick up a Springfield at any gun shop, uh, you'll notice on the 1911s that they're, they're glassy smooth and they feel like they're on bearings. Um, and that's because of the, you know, we've got a whole team that literally hand fits every single frame and every single slide with polishing compound and oil. And, um, you know, if necessary, Dremel sometime, but most of the time that's, you know, that's not necessary, but it just depends on the gun and, and every, everything is, is hand matched. That's funny. Um, cause here's, here's a 1911 I've been building. Um, but yeah, it's when you get that nice smooth slide, uh, that's just, that's just something different right there. I mean, that's, that sets, that sets a gun apart. Yeah. I mean, that's really, it goes a lot into the feel. I mean, when you pick up that gun and it just, it's smooth, it's tight and there's no slide wobble on it. And it's just like, wow, this is a, this is quality. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, we've got that and, uh, we do same thing with the barrels. We, uh, hand polish all the feed ramps, um, pretty much on all of our 1911 models. Um, so we, we've, you know, got a whole team that sits back there and, and has a Dremel tool with a, uh, a sisal wheel and hand polishes every single feed ramp. Um, so in really 1911s with the nature of the way they're made, um, they're not a plug and play kind of a gun, like an AR. So as much as you even try to get, you know, parts that, that made up perfectly, you never will. Um, so there's always some, you know aspect uh of fitting required yeah and, and that's the funny thing about it when people start you know, i mean you have other manufacturers um of guns they're very simple uh they're not really built they're assembled and right. that's yep. the thing i like about 1911s is, is i mean there are companies that are assembled but when you start doing a custom if you anybody in the audience has ever wanted to do a 1911 you will learn quickly about the difference between a gunsmith fit and you know the the other ones that just fit together and even then you'll see disclaimers going this part may need may need fitting yeah. may need altering even right. if it's a drop-in part yeah. because that part might be dropped in but the rest of the gun was hand was, was custom built yeah. um so, and that's, that's a thing about 1911s. Uh, and that's what kind of sets them apart. That's why there's not a lot of, you know, 1911s that really become true quality guns um, yeah. when you're talking about mass production, because they're, they're taking their specs and opening their specs up as much as they can to try to get everything to fit versus actually making the gun. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely an art to it, um, which is pretty, pretty cool. And then when you finally get to the end and you're um, you've got a functioning gun, it's uh, it's it's kind of amazing actually if you if you you know walk the line back here and see the production process that uh, our guys are able to, to take these 
blocks of steel and turn them into a gun in, in uh, such a short period of time. I mean, it's a, it's definitely a skill set that's learned. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a, yeah, it's, when you think about it, that's, that's been the history of the 1911 since right. day one. Yeah. Cause John Browning came out with it. They were hand built guns and you're, you know, yes, Springfield modern uh, Springfield Armory is modernized, but they're still going back to the roots of that gun, which is awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, we're pretty proud of it. It's pretty cool. So, and obviously, you know, you were talking. You have the Ronin, um, and then yeah. you know we go through the Garrison. I mean, you do have. I mean, this is not like a one and done gun. I mean, you can go all the way back to I saw earlier. Um, back to a classic 19 era, this the the mil spec, mil spec, yeah, which is just the 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 standard GI uh, like A1 1911, all the way into um, you know here's some modern ones the the TRPs, yeah, and then Vickers, which is cool that you've got uh, Larry Vickers working with, yeah, with everybody knows Larry Vickers, Vickers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, I'm sorry, so I mean, yeah. You go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Same thing with the Ronin. Uh, that's the that's two lamb Ronin tactics. That's yep. kind of his his take. That's his take of it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's awesome. Then you have the operator. So now we, you're getting into the pick rails and you know the the modernization of the 1911. So yeah, that, pretty much whatever, whatever your taste is in a 1911, you you know Springfield has it covered. Yeah, we do. And we're, we're expanding even more. Um, so that's pretty exciting as far as caliber options and, and, you know, different kinds of configurations. So, um, it's, it's pretty exciting to be on board at this time of, uh, Springfield's life. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's an exciting time to be in spring at Springfield. It really is. Yeah. So, um, also here we have the SA 13, which is the Browning high power. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty much carbon funny copy. How that came back? Yeah, it's funny how the Browning High Power came back. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a awesome gun. I mean, it, the, the, everything about it is true to the roots. There's really nothing that we did um, different than the original design. Um, you know, we're looking at kind of expanding that line here in the near future. Maybe offering some different uh, feature sets with it and kind of dress it up a little bit. But um, yeah, it's a it's a great gun. It's it's surprising to me how popular that is. I mean, the demand is just insane for that thing right now. It's it is funny because um, I mean, basically, the high power. I remember back in the seventies when I started shooting. Uh, I remember my father. He he was always sad he never got a Browning high power. Um, and then I was like, okay, to me it wasn't a big deal. So, you know, I was seven years old back then yeah um but but going forward as an adult and seeing the high power come back i mean really if you're looking at doing different packages with the sa35 there that that you're basically you're going to take the browning high power into the next generations just like the 1911s yeah exactly same thing yeah you can think of this as the uh kind of the government model of the sa35 and then at, at some point we'll be you know, making different pick rail things and, and maybe some different barrel awesome. lengths. So the sky's the limit. <laughs> Everybody's got to keep their eyes on the Springfield website. Yeah, we've got some some really exciting things coming up. 
Now, the Hellcat, now, this is a gun that's got a lot of publicity over the past year. Yeah. Uh, like, a lot of it. This is kind of really, to me, this is kind of like Springfield's um, composite guns growing up. Yeah, that's a really good way of thinking about it. Um, they're... A lot of people don't realize this. The company they see the, the made in Croatia um, on our on our Hellcat and our XD line, and they get kind of scared. Um, which yeah. you know, at face value is understanding. People want made in America, um, and I understand that. Uh, but our our partner company in Croatia uh, works very closely with us, um, so everything is is pretty much designed by us. Um, and they have a state-of-the-art manufacturing facility and everything is held to our tolerances and our material specifications. Uh, we just don't currently have the resources to, to do some of that. So it's really, it's hard to even call it made in, made in Croatia um, because it's, uh, it's well, so it's, much. It's kind of like we see other, we see other products in our daily lives where it's, you know, made, made in the U.S. of foreign components. It's mm -hmm. really a U.S. gun. It's just made in Croatia. Um, I mean, if you think about it, we see a lot of guns come out of Turkey from other manufacturers right, yeah. and you go, really, how can you make a gun? You know, it, we, let's face it. We're Americans. We want, you know, we're, we're kind of snobbish and we don't think that these foreign countries can make to, you know, great standards. Yeah. Um, you know, we might think they're second world, you know, second world countries. How can they do it? But you go over there, they've got these state-of-the-art things. I mean, these are not like a guy with a mill from like, you know, the early 20th century. I mean, these are, this is state-of-the-art equipment. Uh, yeah. Putting stuff out. In some ways, uh, some of the Croatian stuff, um, I mean, I wouldn't say, I'm hesitant to say that it's uh, it's better than our U.S.-made yeah. stuff. I, uh, I know where you're going with it. Yeah. It, for Just for, for reference, the company that... Um, works with us we do uh, the vast majority of their sales and really their only other client is the croatian military and other militaries globally um so they only make military and springfield armory that's it so they're, they're not it. doing other things for anybody else we you know they they work for us essentially and you know the the as the hellion we'll get to that later but that's a prime example of um you know that's it's the vhs croatian uh standard issue rifle that's basically imported by us, um, made by our, our company in, in Croatia. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're they're truly fantastic guns. Um, they're really, really well put together, well thought out. Those guys know what they're doing. Because, I mean, you think about the Hellcat. Um, when the Hellcat came out, this is, I mean, you know, SIG kind of cornered the market a little bit. Yeah. And they were saying that, the, you know, the reviews coming in is the Hellcat could be the sick killer. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my personal opinion, I would say it is. Um, it's I've, I've got both and I've shot both and uh, I'm partial to the Hellcat, not just because I work for Springfield, but uh, things like the grip angle, the grip texture, um, just the, the feel, it just feels better in my hand. Uh, but that's, you know, a lot of that's personal preference. Sure. So it's kind of, well, they're both very good. Back when I was in FFL, I used to always tell people, especially people that are new to guns, is like, you can want whatever you want, but really the gun picks you, right? Yeah. So, you know, you know, you can go out and want a, you know, a Desert Eagle, 
but does it fit your hand? I mean, right. and that was kind of the whole thing behind um, the XD. I'll bring the XD up. Um, the, the original marketing of the XD it was a picture of a hand because that's what they did is they dealt with ergonomics first. Yeah. Um, you know, when I, when I was, when I turned 21, I went out and I bought a Glock 17 and I shot that in competition. Glocks, Glocks makes a great gun, but the problem with the Glock is, is there, you know, a Glock 17 is as ergonomic as a two by four. You know, uh, they're 45 caliber guns. They're as ergonomic as a four by four. There's not, there's not a whole lot of ergonomics to them. Whereas that was the greatest thing about the Springfield is they kind of went, Hey, people don't have to conform to a gun. You know, you should not have to change your ergonomics to the gun. Let's start with, hey, this is the shape of a hand. Let's, let's make it fit. And now, yep going from the Springfield into, you know, into the Hellcat, it just carried on. Yeah. I mean, the, the Hellcat really, I have yet to meet a person who doesn't think it feels fantastic in the hand. Yeah. I, I have not either. I, I've, I've been waiting for someone else to buy one so I can shoot it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not, not that I wouldn't buy one. It's just like, you know, with all the other stuff I got to buy, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to wait for somebody else to buy one and let me shoot it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then, got, of course, we had. To, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying course, the, the Hellcat. We've got the uh, you know the Hellcat regular model, and then we've got the RDP as well as the Pro. Um, so we've kind of got your, I guess, three tiers in a sense. Uh, the the Pro is a larger frame um, and a slightly longer barrel, um, and that's a 15 round capacity, but it's not much bigger than a uh, than than the regular Hellcat. It's a little bit longer in the grip, which you can see. Um, and then the barrel, like I said, it's about a half an inch longer. So so I'll put this in SIG terms. The Hellcat is the SIG 365 killer. And the Hellcat Pro is the 365 XL killer. In some ways, in some ways it's it's uh yeah, I mean for sure. It's uh, our our Hellcat Pro has 15 round capacity versus SIGs, which I believe is 12 with a flush fit magazine. Well, yeah. Yep. So that, that's a flush. Just a couple more rounds in there. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting the capacity of a, of a you know, Glock 19 and in, in a gun that's a lot smaller and a lot thinner and carries a lot better. See, and that's just absolutely amazing when you start thinking about that. Yeah. Um, you know, because you, every, I mean, let's face it, we, we went from big guns to small guns to bigger guns, you know, to, now, now we're back down to the small guns again. Yeah. But the difference is, is the small guns that we went back to are not like the previous generations. I mean, they're they pack the punch of their larger counterparts. Yeah, they shoot better. They feel better in the hand. They're less less snappy under recoil and, yeah. and that sort of thing. They're uh, they're. I mean, the Hellcat Pro is for somebody looking to conceal carry. That's my personal go to. If you want something a little bit smaller, the Hellcat would be the way to go. But it's a phenomenal gun. We, we do all kinds of drop testing on them. And, um, I mean, really the amount of testing that these things go through is, uh, is insane to put it, uh, put it kindly. You know, what's funny is I, I, you think about it going through, going through drop tests, you must really like to want to break things, go start doing drop tests on guns, right? Painful to watch. <laughs> yeah. I just sit there and go, let me see how I can drop this gun to see if I can get it to fail. That's I exactly mean, right. Yeah. Yeah, and then, 
And then, of course, you have the SAIT pistol, which is the um, the AR pistol. Yeah. Or some people like to say their truck gun. Yeah, exactly. It's a great, great little truck gun. Yeah, our Saints are uh, are all really solid. We make a, a pretty wide variety of them, um, which I'm sure we'll get to here in a minute. But well, since we're talking about it, let's let's go over to rifles and let's talk about the Saint a little bit. Perfect. So, yep. Now, so, oh, different models of the Saint. <laughs> Go ahead. So I was just saying, you have different models of the Saint. So if you just want a stock AR, you have it. But then, um, I mean, you start going through the Victor and the Edge, and then now the Edge ATC, which is a cool, a cool looking rifle. Yeah, it's it's definitely unique. <laughs> yeah, it's got a uh, the whole lower receiver is one billet of aluminum essentially, and it's basically like a chassis system um for like a remington 700 but in an ar see and that's just a completely different concept for an ar i mean yeah yeah we get so used to okay you have the traditional uh upper lower than free float and stuff like that whereas now you're talking about a chassis system that's where you're starting to look at adding your accuracy to it so you can start pushing you know rounds a little farther out higher accuracy um which is kind of cool yeah, yeah, we've had really good good luck with the accuracy on those guns. They're uh, they're tack drivers. And then we'll go down here M1A, which is just the classic Springfield Armory gun. Yeah. Um, which which is kind of funny. This this is one thing I noticed with Springfield, and I didn't really realize it till recently. Springfield has started to accept the six five Creed more. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you always thought 308 in the M1A, but now you can get one in 6.5. Sure can. Yeah, we've, we've got some some stainless barrel offerings as well and some national match um, for those guys looking for more accuracy. Yeah, the and... M1As are pretty unique too. Um, I know we kind of talked about it with the 1911s, how they're they're really a gunsmith gun. It's not a it's not a gun that you just get parts and put them together. Um, I mean, we we do pretty much everything to that gun in-house, the M1As, um, down to screwing on the barrel to the action. Um, so everything is is done with, with levels and a keen eye. And uh, there's guys looking at things and working on a bench and assembling butt pads and parts in the butt pads. And um, I mean, really to the nth degree, it's just a hand-built gun that's hand-fitted and everything kind of works in unison uh, to make make the gun work right well and that's the whole thing with um i mean barreling the reaction some people may not realize because they're like i don't understand what the what the key to barreling on action is because they think of scope guns right you know they're yeah. traditional bolt actions there's no on the m you know on the m1a you have this thing called a front sight and yeah. a gas port yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, those are important without things without that being straight without that being straight things are just not going to work well. Yeah. Yeah. We've got, like I said, literally we've got guys back there with levels, making sure things are top dead center. Um, you know, and a lot of that boils down to the individual uh, gunsmith and assembler, uh, which is pretty cool. It's not, a, not a gun that you can just kind of mass order parts and slap it together and have a, have a gun. It's all, 
hand fit things are, you know, you go back to the polishing wheel and polish this off a little bit and then you go back to the bench and, you know, hand fit it and then back to the wheel again and polish a little bit more off. And it's, uh, it's an art for sure. That's awesome. Now yeah. the model 2020, now this is something that people don't really think of Springfield for is a bold action. Yeah, this is a, this is exciting. We've had the waypoint out since 2020, obviously in the name, um, the COVID gun, <laughs> the COVID yeah. gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, uh, they're, they're really groundbreaking, uh, when it comes to compiling really good existing components from a lot of manufacturers. If you click on that link, um, we're using the trigger tech trigger we're using the AGM fully carbon fiber stock. That's super rigid with an aluminum, um, internal chassis so it's very rigid and very there's no flex in the forehand like you get on some of the cheaper cheaper models um the actions you know machine at a billet steel it's got an integral recoil lug edm raceway so the bolt i mean just feels like glass it's uh it's really really well done so this is your this, you know, there's your carbon fiber stocks and there's your trigger tech that you were talking about yeah, we've that's got really cool. Thinking thinking about it going into um, a bolt gun, because I mean, let's face it, not everybody wants a semi. Some people like bolt. Um, you get a little. You, there's arguments about whether whether a bolt is more accurate than a, than a semi, and yep. uh, something that I don't like to <laughs> go through, <laughs> but. This is what cracks me up is you're talking about a sub a sub MOA guarantee. Yeah, a sub uh, 0.75 MOA guarantee, so even better than an yeah. MOA. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah, three quarters of an MOA. That's that's pretty awesome. It really is. Yeah, um, we we uh, our barrels are are made um, really unique way with a carbon fiber sleeve over them. They're uh, very very high quality um, German 416R stainless. Uh, blanks so they're they're pristine blanks that doesn't you know no corners were cut it's uh it's a very solid um barrel and a barrel action um and it's got some nice kind of more custom features you've got the adjustable cheek piece on some models you've got the uh the muzzle device that's uh, a 5 8 by 24 thread pitch so you can take that off and throw a suppressor on if you're into that um you know and you get the aics pattern mags just stuff like that's kind of nice for the qd cups those little nice tidbits are uh, helpful for the modern hunter with, with modern equipment. And this is, I mean, let's, you could take this even further. I mean, you have, you have a rifle that can go from field to tactical, right? I mean, your, oh, your yeah, law yeah. enforcement agencies can start using this for, you know, their snipers and things like that. I mean, this is a gun that can go really anywhere for Springfield. Yeah, our action too is a 700 footprint, which you know is kind of the gold standard when it comes to chassis and things like that. So it's pretty much a plug and play. If if you wanted to, you could take out the action and drop it right into a, you know, XYZ whoever makes your, your favorite chassis, um, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, and we've we've got some partners uh, from American Defense and others um, that have done that and had really really good success with it. It's funny because when I was looking at this right here and sorry for you listening on the audio side um but right here it's funny because i was looking at it and i saw the recoil lug and i'm i'm like that looks a little 700 ish yeah i don't know that we really advertise it as a 700 footprint um 
I don't know if that's for legal reasons or, or marketing reasons or what the deal is there, but um, it is essentially a 700 footprint and we haven't had any problems putting it in uh, 700 fit chassis. Well, you, you just modernize the 700. Essentially. Yep. That's exactly right. And then we've got our uh, stainless barrel offerings as well, you know, and, and options with no cheek piece. So you kind of have a good, a good mix from that sub $2,000 up to a little bit more pricey depending on what suits your needs. What's kind of funny is you're, you're carrying basically the option packages from the M1A over to a bolt gun at that point. Yeah. You can get an M1A configured to just about any way you want. Yep, for sure. Awesome. Now let me go back here because I saw, um, actually, if we go back here, 308, 6 millimeter Creedmoor, 6.5 Creedmoor, and 6.5 PRC. So these are starting to get to be, you know, reach out and touch guns. Um, yep. You're looking at some competitions there. You know, going beyond the traditional, um, you know, competitions that you see in the M1As, uh, you're starting to see, well, you know, PRC, your, your precision rifle matches and things like that. This is a gun that really is an all-round gun for you. Yeah, we, one of my peers actually just got back from a, a, a rifle class in Colorado uh, about a week ago, and he had a waypoint and a, um, a chassis that he took out there and was shooting uh, the six Creedmoor out to 1,400 yards with really, really good success, which is, as you, I mean, for six Creedmoor, that's pushing it. That's pushing it, yeah. <laughs> yep, so it's uh, they're, they're tack drivers, and, you know, that, that line, I'm excited for the direction of that. This was kind of a test the waters a little bit with Springfield kind of getting into the bolt guns. Um, but up and coming, we're going to have some pretty exciting expansions on that. Awesome. So let's, uh, let's talk about the Hellion. <laughs> kind of hinted on this before. Now the Hellion is a new offering from Springfield this year, I believe. Correct. Uh, yeah, it might be. I honestly couldn't tell you exactly what it launched. It's, it's recent. at least within the last 12 months from when we're recording yes. this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, essentially. Go ahead. It's, it's a bullpup, which bullpups are not common in the U S but really, I mean, people who understand bullpups understand the problem. I mean, when you have an AR, you know, an AR sticks out so much. There's only so many things you can do with, you know, collapsible stocks, folding stocks, getting in and out of cars and things like that. For sure. Whereas a bullpup solves that problem. And now you have the Hellion. Yeah, the Hellions really, there was a lot of R&D uh, that went into that. That was several years in the making um, with with our partner in Croatia. That's basically the, the Croatian standard issue rifle that's um, 922R compliance. Uh, brought into the U.S. essentially. Um, so we do some things on it when it gets here um, to kind of tweak it and make sure that everything's buttoned up on the legal side of things. But at its heart, it's uh, it's the VHS-2, which is a really solid system. It's a short-stroke piston, two-position uh, two adjustable gas block. So for those that like to run suppressed, which I'm a big big advocate for suppressors where you can use them, um, it, it's not over gas. You're not getting buckets of gas in your face. It's uh, a cold hammer forged barrel. Um, 
the, the bolt is a is an absolute brick so you're never going to have to worry about broken cam pins and broken bolts like you do on on an ar sometimes and you've got that integral fully aluminum kind of chassis system if you will that's kind of nested into a polymer shell um, so you get that that scope um, mounting surface is uh stays concentric with the bore which is really nice awesome that's awesome and then uh what i think i noticed is that it's it's well if if you're a south paul shooter you can just flip everything over yeah if, if any gun is ambidextrous it's the hellion i mean it is truly you can switch the ejection uh you can switch the safety the charging handle is already ambi um it just flips to the left or right depending on how you grab it and then it recenters itself with the spring mechanism um so it stays out of the way that is so awesome because i mean that's that's i think because like when I grew up, my, my sister was left-handed. So she always, you know, she was a left-handed shooter trying to live in a right-handed world. Yeah. Uh, when it's you start seeing, you start seeing people thinking about left-handed shooters. This is, this is awesome. Um, you know, I know people that have served in the military and they're left-handed shooters. Sure. You could shoot your M4 left-handed, but, um, one of the problems they have is that because of that ejection going across their face, their eyes tend to tend to follow the ejection pattern coming out yep. of the gun. Yeah. When you get gas in your face, you get watery eyes. Yeah. Yep. Manipulation is a little bit weird unless you have an ambidextrous safety. So yeah, there's the AR is a great rifle, but definitely uh, in its normal fashion in, in the military configuration, it's not terribly conducive for, for left-handers. Yeah. It, it has, it, it's a great platform. It has its problems and, you know, it's starting to show, it's starting to show its age. You know, that design is starting to show its age. There's so many things you can do with it, but still <laughs> there's so many things you yeah. can't do with it. And that's yeah. where something like the Hellion comes in. That's, Hey, this is, this is rethinking of it. And I like on here, you have purpose CBQ slash home defense. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's for, you know, uh, get around a corner. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Now, so we talked a little bit about, you know, you make some of the guns here in the U.S. and you make some in Croatia. Um, talk a little more about that. You know, you're, you just said that you're you have a new plant coming on in uh, in the U.S., is that going to just be the traditional like uh, M1As, um, you know the you know the guns that you're already making in 1911s, those those type of guns? Yeah, so um, all of our Saints are, are manufactured 100% in house, as are 1911s and M1As. Um, there will be some more <laughs> in the near future that are also manufactured in the U.S. Um, and so that that new facility was kind of a it, it was time to expand. We've been in this, this facility for since the 1970s, really. And it's actually kind of an interesting backstory. Uh, it's, we're in a small town of 6,000 people and, um, Denny, the owner acquired one building and then they grew and they acquired another building in the town. And so essentially we own about nine buildings through the town. Um, one of them used to be an old Aldi grocery store. Um, so there's kind of a, it's pretty interesting. Our old shipping, uh, facility used to be a grocery store. Um, so it's kind of, kind of funny I, information and we're Springfield army, you know, it's like everyone thinks of Springfield as this big name and, um, we're shipping I, stuff. I used to work for a bank 
I used to work for a bank in Delaware. Um, that's actually where I met my wife. And um, that bank started from an old grocery store. It was an old grocery store that they they kind of hollowed out, and that was uh, it was a it was a credit card bank. It wasn't like a traditional bank. It was so funny is the campus that we worked on. They 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 built new buildings, and there was a um, a walkway, yeah, a skyway that went over, and you could get into the original building of the bank still. Um, and it's kind of funny where you hear that is like people don't realize you have grocery stores are great for building things because they've got a very big open concept before open concept was even a thing. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of funny to hear that you, you guys, you guys have a grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> I guess as of a few months ago with the new building, we're all, everything is under uh, one building now, not nine buildings, uh, but we're still hanging on to the other buildings. I'm in actually the older building right now uh, as we're videoing this back in our, um, our R and D area. But, uh, yeah, I would say you're you're in the fun section of of Springfield right now. Yeah, I mean, I get I get to play with play with guns all day for work, so it's uh. Well, it's and that was funny because when we were talking when we were talking offline before we started, you went in the other room and grabbed a gun. And I'm like, you came back. I'm like, boy, that doesn't suck. That that's not a suck <laughs> job where you just go into another room, pick a gun up, and you know. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, a, got, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've got. Uh, 11, 11 guns here with me in this room. So, uh, you you have to be beat. <laughs> <laughs> so, now what makes Springfield different from other firearms manufacturers? I mean, other than the traditional name, you know, of Spr uh, Springfield Armory, what 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 really makes you a little bit different? I think a lot of that goes into our assembly process and kind of that stuff we were talking earlier on about the 1911s and M1As, um, everything, we're really more than an assembler or uh, a manufacturing company. Um, we do a lot of machining, we do a lot of fitting. Um, so we do a lot of that in-house, which is pretty cool. Um, we're, we're able to, to hold tolerances to certain specifications that way. Um, and we have guys that are, that are, have been here for years and years and years that have tons of kind of that unwritten experience that you just can't get from you can't, you can't write it down it's just yeah there's some things that are just feel exactly and right we just know guys. it yeah yeah 100 and we've got a lot of those here that um are old timers that, that train the new guys up on the on the art of building these guns um, so that's definitely something we're proud of and it's pretty cool about springfield over over other companies that's that's what Springfield needs to do. They need to come out with a book that's called "The Art of Building Guns." Yes, uh, yeah, I think we would uh, <laughs> we would we would be qualified. We built a few, <laughs> <laughs> just a few. Yeah. So yeah. so basically, the greatest thing about it is what I'm hearing is the traditions of Springfield are still being passed on. Um, yeah, yeah. You know the the feel of that. There's 1911s. There's M1As. Those guns they are just so popular that. The tradition of building that has not been lost and is still being moved on from generation to generation. Yeah, which yeah, that's it's pretty cool to be on on the uh, on that side of the house. Now, Springfield stands behind its products to the point where you have a lifetime warranty of these guns. If for some reason, in the unlikely event, your firearm does not has a problem in manufacturing talk a little bit about that warranty 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, uh, pretty great warranty. Um, we'll take care of you no matter really the situation. Uh, we stand behind that on, uh, you know, with, with all of our customers. Uh, we, we appreciate our customers a lot and know that they're putting their trust in us when they buy our products. So um, our, our technically posted warranty is um, the original owner for the life of the product. So um, as long as the original owner has the product, it will be warrantied against manufacturing uh, deficiencies, material problems. You know, you get a cracked frame or a cracked slide or not that we have those very often, but every once in a blue moon, you get something like that. And uh, in, you know. in manufacturing, it doesn't matter what you manufacture. Some, sooner or later, you have a defect. Right. But yeah. There's regardless of which you have it. And then for those of the people who are worried about these guns coming in from overseas that you're making, it doesn't matter. You just contact Springfield. And you, you're going to take care of it. Yeah, we, we've got all the, I mean, our warranty department and assembly team, we've got all the parts for all the guns that we sell in-house here in the U.S. Um, so it's not like we've got to go to Croatia or something to get the parts. We've yeah. got everything under our roof um, as far as that's concerned. So so I got a funny story for everybody in, in the audience here. And Colin hasn't heard this story yet. So <laughs> back when I was in FFL, uh, I had sold uh, a Springfield XD to um, to a gentleman. Um, his kid was starting competition shooting, and uh, so the kid they they shot reloads. Which again, you know, Springfield and just about every gun gun company goes. Well, that's you know, that's voids our warranty. <laughs> so this this kid he he was running a stage. And he squeezed the trigger, and the gun went pop. Right? Target didn't fail. It was a, it was a steel target. He tapped and racked it, and sent another round downrange. Well, he, he's young. He didn't understand what a squib load was. <laughs> there was a bullet in the barrel, and he sent another one down down the barrel. And uh, so I start hearing the story, and you know. Um, He's telling me, he's hey, look, I got to send this back to Springfield for work. And I'm like, ah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, man. He goes, no, no, I already called Springfield. They'll, they'll, they'll do the work on it because that barrel's bulged. They he literally can't disassemble the gun because yeah. the slide won't come off the barrel. Right. So we send the gun back. And um, I, it's like, I don't know, I think it's like 10 days later, I get a... a I get a tracking number. It's coming back. And I'm like, there's no way that Springfield warrantied this. And he goes, no, 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 they didn't, they didn't warranty it, but Hey, look, I told them what happened. And, um, they charged me 150 bucks. I'm like, what? They replaced, they removed that barrel, cut that thing out and replaced it for 150 bucks. He's like, yeah. I'm like, wow, that's a company. Now, first of all, I saw that barrel bulge and I'm like, that's impressive. That the barrel held. <laughs> yeah. So, second of all, I mean, he he called up, and said, "Hey, not and now." I'm not saying everybody go out and put bulges in their barrels and then testing the hundred fifty dollar <laughs> theory because it's probably that was a while ago. It's probably got, it costs a little bit more today. Yeah. But that's the one thing that I thought was cool about Springfield was is that even the guy just said, "Hey, look, this is what happened." Springfield's like, "Yeah, it's not a warranty thing, but hey, we can take care of that. It's going to cost you hundred fifty bucks." And. I, I don't think he could get his credit card out of his wallet fast enough. Cause I, you know, I'm sitting there going, 
three, four hundred bucks, you know. Yeah, replace the maybe, whole upper half of the gun. Yeah, something maybe something just shy of what the, a new gun would cost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean Springfield, Springfield took care of its customer in that, and that's one thing that I've always been impressed with. And so, I mean, even if you don't have a warranty claim, contact Springfield. They just might be able to take care of that for you. I mean, yeah. the, the XDM that he bought was the competition version. I mean, it had the fiber optic sights. And I mean, it wasn't the carry version. This gun was designed for competition. And yeah, they, they took care of it. So that that has always, I mean, I've always had a good you know, a, a, a good impression of Springfield, man, that took me from like here to like, I don't know. I, I can't even reach that high. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that, that is a company to, to, to take care of its customers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We, we pride ourselves on that. We've got a, we're a machine shop uh, first kind of is a good way of thinking about the company. Um, so we have the capacity to, to do those kinds of things and do those repairs and, you'd be surprised at how many calls we get with stuff like that and how many people we take care of. Yeah. You just, that, those are the things that you just, you always just hear that horror story. Like, I, you know, it's, it's like, I, I just know they're going to screw me on this. No, it's, uh, they took care of it. And I mean that uh, they have a, uh, honestly, they have a customer for life out of that. And then yeah. if anything, I mean, they got a story that it's now, 10 years later i'm still telling that story <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm glad it made a good impression on you <laughs> now moving forward you know so obviously springfield can take care of guns but what if someone wants to become an armorer because you know you have gun shops that sell the products or even your law enforcement agencies that run in i mean you can become an, uh, an armorer to do you know authorized repairs for these guns. And yeah, we've got void warranties. Yeah, exactly. We've got a program um, in the, I guess you could say the baby stages um, that's exploring, um, allowing folks like you're mentioning to go out and become certified armors um, for our products so they can warranty them themselves and don't have to send things in and, and know the proper tools and methods and procedures on how to do certain things. Awesome. So, so, now, as this thing builds out, you might actually be able to have it have a gun warrantied in the city rather than having to deal with shipping, um, yeah. you know, going back and forth and being without the gun. You might rather than being without your firearm for ten days, two weeks, whatever you know, whatever it takes, or if there's a backlog in in stuff, you might be able to have it fixed in just a couple of days right inside your hometown, which is kind of cool. It is, yeah, for sure. Especially with the, the number of dealers we have, uh, we're we're everywhere. So, I mean, yeah, huge dealer network. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't go to a gun store and, and not see a Springfield gun of some kind in there. It's, it's, it's almost sacrilegious to have a, uh, to have a gun store that does not have at least one Springfield line on its rack. Yes. Yeah. We've got everything. M1As, 1911s, the ARs. So yeah, it's right there. Now what's Springfield first line? Talk to me a little bit about that program. Yeah, so that's basically our way of uh, kind of giving back to the community that that um, takes care of uh, takes care of the country in a lot of ways, military, uh, law enforcement, first responders, and our program. Most companies have a law enforcement, military, you know, discount or, or whatever you want to call it, um, but we've got a uh, 
broader reach than that. Uh, we extend to pilots and aviation, um, the judicial branch, so court judges, prosecutors, lots of variety, uh, fire rescue, um, medical EMTs is listed there. So we have a pretty, you know, the guys, the people that are on the front lines every day taking care of um, your, your safety, uh, our, our legal system, um, you know, transportation, um, are able to, to get our products at a discount, a pretty hefty discount, um, which is, you know, a nice way to give back to those that, uh, those that are, are working to make a better country. And that, and that's kind of a, an interesting thing. When I started looking through frontline, um, our first line, sorry, is that, you know, most programs are law enforcement and military and they forget about the other, yeah, the other things like when I started going through and talking about the the judges and and the uh, flight decks because you don't think about it, but a pilot's allowed to have a firearm in the cockpit, right? You know, post post nine eleven, um, that became an act that, that became a real thing, and it's kind of cool to see that you know you're taking care of everybody. Uh, yeah, I mean, not, we pride ourselves on that. I mean, we're we're very we're unapologetic about our company culture and our history. And, you know, we're, we're the, the company that was making muskets, like I said, for the revolution, you know? Um, so we're very unapologetic when it comes to the uh, self-preservation, you know, making sure everyone's protected and, and allowing people to carry and have guns and, and use those for, for good purposes. Yeah. Cause you know, when I was in FFL, you know, I have, my first response, I took care of my cops, right? I mean, mm-hmm. whatever they wanted, I, I made sure that they were taken care of. The same thing with fire EMTs and stuff like that. And it's amazing when you start thinking about it in the entire first responder community, uh, fire firefighters like guns too. It's not just yeah. cops. Yeah, uh, they, they, they like guns too. And then there's even things like, um, you know, SWAT teams where they have medics. Uh, depending on, you know, obviously, you know, how big your SWAT team is, if you're in a major Metro versus, you know, something like me in Helena, Montana here, which is pretty small, they have medics who are, well, they're going to, they're going to have a gun on them too. Um, they're, they train, they, they, you know, they're not, they're not the door breachers. They're not the takedown people, but if something happens, they got to run into what's, what's happening and deal with it their firearms people as well. So it's kind of cool that we're, we're taking care of everybody at that point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's a good way of thinking about it. All the, the, the folks that are putting a lot out there for us, um, they're, they're able to, to kind of, to get back a little bit, uh, some of the, that effort that they put in with getting our products. Now Springfield covers five pistol carolers. And yes, I'm reading this off the list because I can't remember all this. <laughs> Springfield covers five pistol calibers, eight rifle calibers. Yeah, pistols, semi-auto, rifles, bolts, and now bullpups. What should we be looking for in the future? Is there anything you can kind of let us know about? (laughs) I can dangle the carrot a little bit. Um, We we talked about this prior to to jumping on the live here. uh, uh, One of our our big partners, Tulam, at Ronin Tactics, he runs a lot of our stuff and, and prototypes some things for us. So if your uh, audience is interested, that might be a, a good direction to point them. 
Um, so, so, so basically, like, um, where you see those pictures where, like, Ford or GM, where they lease, when they they leak a picture of the brand new Mustang or Corvette, um, Tulane is kind of that leak. You just you just might see something you don't know about yet. Exactly right. Yeah. So we've got. <laughs> some really exciting things coming down the pipeline. Um, I wish I could, you know, share like we talked sure, about right. earlier, but uh, you know how it goes. Um, I do. I yeah. do. But yeah, it's uh, you, just be confident. Not yeah. everybody. <laughs> we, we can't get an NDA for everybody that's listening to this, right. this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've got some really exciting products that are truthfully uh, groundbreaking um, when it comes to, not only design, but also features um, and what they bring to the market for the price point. And it's kind of unique with us uh, being the size that we are. We have a leg up over a lot of our competition and the ability to source um, masses of matter material and you know, get I didn't even think about prices. that. Yeah, you have you have that advantage of getting material in quantity yeah, um, and, that's, and, that's and negotiating good. contracts that you get material first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get material first and we, we also get really good value on the material because we're buying so much of it. Um, so we make that, uh, we, we allow that to, to leak through the customer um, rather than skim some off the top for ourselves. We, our prices reflect that. And, and you'll notice our, our products are really competitively priced when you look at it in the 1911 world and, and the XD world. Um, and that's because we're able to move a lot of uh, product so we don't have to you know, have our margins sky high. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the thing there, right? I mean, like you said, you're a machine shop first. Um, so machine shops have materials. That's, that's how they make money. Yep. And that's, I, it's funny until you said that it didn't even dawn on me that, you know, Hey, you can cut prices because you're buying in volume and, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you're buying raw materials and you're making the product rather, you know, that rather than having to buy something like some, some AR manufacturers are going to have to, you know, they don't make their lowers. They're going to have someone else make them. And then of course that company's got to mark up and, and, and quality, possibly a quality control issue because yep. it's not being made. Yeah. We, we mitigate standards. some of those middlemen, which helps a lot. Yeah. So Basically, what you're saying is Springfield's not sitting back in their chair, just just reaping in the profits. You guys have launched a couple of gun lines over the well, just about every year you've in the past couple of years you've launched a, a new gun. You yeah. guys are not done. Oh no, we're, we are just getting started. Yeah, I've I've been here just a, a handful of months now. Um, so part of the reason why they brought me on board was part of that expansion. Um, so we're we're going to be coming out with. It's hard to even quantify <laughs> the amount of things <laughs> on the table. So um, just ha hang on. It's going to be a wild ride. Hang on. Yeah, it's going to be. We've got some really exciting things coming out here in the near future um, as soon as uh, as a couple months. Um, and then SHOT Show will have some big launches. Um, and then into into 2023, we'll have kind of throughout the year, we're going to have, have pretty substantial um, redos and, and line extensions and different things like that. So, so what you're telling me is, is that I definitely want to make sure I get my media badge for SHOT Show this year. That's exactly what I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Awesome. Now, where can people reach Springfield and how can they buy the products? Yeah, well, you can obviously check them out online. Uh, we don't do anything direct from online, um, but we have a massive dealer network like we kind of talked about earlier. Um, you really can't find a gun store in the U.S. I don't think that doesn't carry at least one Springfield product. Uh, I'm sure you can if you really if you really looked into it. But <laughs> by and large, uh, pretty much everybody's going to have Springfield accessible to them um, at their local gun store. And of course, on your webpage, you have the, you know, you can search by zip code or city to find a gun dealer near you. It's an authorized Springfield uh, gun dealer. Yep. That's yeah. Or yeah, Google. Um, or go Google. Or, yeah. Yeah. I guess you can just Google that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either, either way. I mean, yeah, it's uh, you can, yeah. In, in that screen you're sharing, you can see just how many there is in that little section of Iowa, Illinois. Yeah. It's, well, it, I guess it it's, it's so funny that, that, you know, you have so much manufacturing right there in Illinois and it just happens to pick up on Illinois first. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's uh we're, we're right in that neck of the woods there in, in Geneseo. Awesome. And let's see here. We got a, a few minutes left here. So I'd like to run through a speed round with you. All right. So it's just a little game that we do at the end, and I just give you a couple of choices, and you just tell me which choice you would make. Sounds good. So, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. So shotgun or rifle? Um, rifle. Bolt action or lever action? Bolt. Okay. Ten millimeter or forty-five ACP. Ooh. That's a tough one. I've uh, <laughs> mil's grown on me. Um, I've been shooting them quite a bit lately. I'm I'm gonna go ten mil. On that note, actually, um, I had a uh, interesting story from a friend at Leupold that uh, he reached out to me um, a couple weeks ago now. And last hunting season, uh, one of his buddies was up in Montana elk hunting and had an XD ten millimeter on his side, and uh, he was he was attacked by a grizzly bear um, from five yards and this grizzly bear charged him and he was able to, to pull his XD out and uh, take out the, the, I, uh, the bear with a 10 millimeter. I will tell you that, you know, being in Montana and being a gun dealer in Montana, there's a lot of 10 millimeter rolling around in the woods. There, these, there, you have, you have your range gun, you have your hunting rifle, you have your competition guns, and then you have your woods gun. Yep. And, and I will tell you, there's been there's more 10 millimeter rolling around in, in, the, in the national forest here, uh, just for that reason. I mean, you have capacity plus uh, plus power. Yeah. And um, if it's not 10 millimeter, it's like 44 magnum. Right. Yeah. You're carrying a <laughs> hairy revolver. <laughs> so. So it's it's right up there. That ten millimeter. I would tell you that there's more ten millimeter rolling around than there is forty four magnum though, because it's yeah. just you've got such a good package right there for you know for punch. I mean, you're not gonna go roll. You're not gonna go rolling around with a nine millimeter and expect to engage a, a bear. Because <laughs> um, yeah, all, all you're gonna do is just you're just gonna piss it off. Yeah. Yeah, Ted Miller gives you that uh, that extra oomph for sure. Yeah. So when you're out shooting, steel targets or paper targets? I'm a steel guy. Well, uh, it depends on the situation, I guess. Uh, 
if I'm going for accuracy, I definitely prefer paper, but steel is, is more well, just, fun. Just for fun. Steel. Steel. Okay. So when you're shooting outdoors, an outdoor range or shooting out on public lands? I'm a range guy. I like being able to go and, and uh, not have to set up my targets. <laughs> like it yeah. easier and it's already there for me. <laughs> you're like me. You're a lazy shooter. Yeah, yeah. I like going to that <laughs> gravel pad and having some some covering covered awnings to set my guns under and all that sort of thing. Get out of the sun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so three weight or six five Creedmoor. That's another tough one. Uh, six five is one of those things again, like the ten mil that's been growing on me. Um, I've got a six five Creedmoor that I've been really happy with, so. I'm going to go 6.5. Okay. Earplugs or headphones for hearing protection? Earplugs for sure. I've got enough hearing loss from my prior shooting experience and, and, and time in uh, different arenas. So I don't need to, I don't need, need to lose that anymore. Loss. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've lost a lot over the years that I've got pretty anal about my hearing protection. I have two. Yeah. That's like we were talking about earlier with suppressors, having the uh, yep. run suppressors when you can, if you're in a state that allows it, that's uh, their lifesavers. And then final question. If you hit the lottery, what's the first gun you're going to buy? Oh, first gun. Oh man. You hit, that one's, that one's really tough. <laughs> the, la the last question of these is always a tough one. I'm going to buy a minigun mounted to a Humvee. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's my plan. <laughs> awesome. I, I like that plan. That's, that's not, of course, if you hit the lottery, you might be able to make that happen. When that happens, I'll give you a call and you can come and we'll, uh, we'll have a range day I, with it. <laughs> you, you will see me figure out how to get, 80 mile an hour speed limits down to down to you because um, <laughs> through, through Montana into, into Wyoming, not too much. When I leave Wyoming, get into Colorado heading your way, that could, that could be a little bit of a problem. Yeah. Um, there, there might be a little bit of a cannonball run coming out of Montana to come <laughs> shoot a minigun. Yep, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, Colin, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know it's the end of your day. Um, Thanks so much for taking time out to, to talk to us today about yeah. Springfield Armory. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the invite. It was uh, nice talking to you and catching up and talking guns. Can't beat it. Yeah, it's been it's been um, well, it's been since shot since we really kind of yeah. talked. Yeah, it's been so, a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's it's hard to believe that shot was six months ago. I know we're already well, halfway through. No, it was over six months ago now. Yeah. Seven months ago. Seven months ago. Yeah. <laughs> hard to Great. believe that we're half it's hard to believe that we're closer to the next shot than we are from the shot that just happened yeah we're already talking about it which is like i just feel like we got back you know last week and we're already talking about you know gearing up for for 23. it was great having colin on the show i've known him for a few years now and we actually didn't meet face to face until shot show this year and it was great to talk to him there and it was awesome that he could come on to the show he's a really busy guy just moved to another state for his job 
and he just moved into his place and he's making some time to get onto the show, which I really appreciate. I was hoping he could tell us a little bit about what Springfield had plans. Unfortunately, he could. And what sucks is that he's sitting right in the research and development department, right in that room where he was on the uh, interview. The research and de development department is just on the other side of the wall. So if you're watching, you were that close to all the new stuff that Springfield has to offer. Unfortunately, we just couldn't see it. Now, it was really great that he got a chance to talk about Springfield and tell us a little bit about how they work. I mean, how many companies that crank out 1911s still do the slide fitting by hand? I mean, sure, there's other companies or specialty companies do that, but not production companies. And Springfield's still doing that. They're still working those 1911s by hand. That's absolutely amazing. Now, I've built 1911s. I've worked on 1911s. And trust me, it takes time. And that truly is an art. And it takes time to develop that art. Springfield's still doing it that way. So definitely check out Springfield Armory's website to see what new stuff they have coming because they just might have something for us in January or sooner. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. Look forward to talking to you again soon.